The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are stupid, and you're stupid for listening. Rockheads, crank up your iPod and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Rory Blythe. This is Jeff Maciolik, here to announce show number 100 with special guests Mark Dunn, Nick Landry, Richard Campbell, and Chris Sells. Recorded live Sunday, February 13th, 2005. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering hands-on VBNet, ASP.NET, and C-Sharp classes online at www.franklins.net. And by Data Dynamics, makers of ActiveReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications, online at www.datadynamics.com. And by Dev Connections, a cool ass conference you should definitely attend. If you don't, you're a jerk. And by Telerik RAD Controls, UI essentials for rapid ASP.NET development, online at www.telerik.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers, online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who can't believe he's accumulated 117 hours and 45 minutes of this crappy show, Carl Franklin. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, you're welcome, Carl. Jeff taking liberties with all the announcements today. Why not? It's show number 100. Who cares? You know, it's not about anything important or anything. (laughs) It's just about our crappy show. Oh, I thought this was going to be another show about web services. No, uh, in fact, no. Yes, it, it is about web services, the service that we provide over the web to our listeners. Ooh, Ooh. Very nice. Very Thank nice you. segue. How are you guys doing? I'm good, man. Uh, I, you know, you may uh, be listening by now and thinking to yourself, well, how come Rory's not there? Rory, are you there? <whistles> no, no, he's not here. On, on the 100th show, no doubt. And uh, um, so here's the story, okay? So we tried to, to get our schedules uh, around this weekend, and Rory has just been uh, having the weekend from hell schedule-wise. And that's just the way it worked out. He couldn't make uh, Friday night, so we rescheduled a Sunday, but he wasn't around cell phone-wise to reschedule, so we just picked a time when everybody else could do it, and he couldn't make that either. Uh, he thought he was would be able to record something on MP3 and get to a computer to be able to uh, uh, send it, but wasn't able to do that either. So essentially, it's our hundredth show, and our co-host isn't here. So, um, uh, so uh, uh, that's okay, though. You know, we're still going to have a good show. We're going to listen to uh, some clips uh, from things past and talk about .NET Rocks, past and future and present, and we'll uh, you know reminisce a little bit and have a good time and and. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. I also want to uh, make a huge announcement. 
and you know, it's a little painful for me to announce this, but I, I think it's actually a good thing. Is that in lieu of uh, said co-host schedule, uh, just being crazy, um, uh, we have both decided that he's going to stop uh, co-hosting the show. You know, a little reaction would be good from you guys. Yeah, we're just, we don't know what to say. We're all speechless. Are you going to do a song for him like you did for me? You better believe I will. And it just, (laughs) I just haven't had enough time to prepare, but we are going to send Rory off in probably a very spectacular way. So, um, you know, it's a, it's all just a matter of logistics. He's just too busy and you know what? His job comes first and, uh, and that's what it's all about. This isn't really a job. This is, uh. This is just fun, more or less. And you know what? It's cool that he's that busy because it means he's, you know, helping out to spread the word and, uh, That's right. you know, bring Microsoft to the... to. The he's actually out there meeting real people face-to-face as opposed to us losers who sit back in our radio room and do, <laughs> do it remotely. Yeah, with cheese whiz in our hair and... That's right. <laughs> we don't have to dress up, you know? It's like... So you know, I'm 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 monitoring the shock and dismay in the chat room as we speak. But uh, you know, uh, you know, Rory isn't going to be a, a stranger. He's certainly not an outcast. He's uh, he's one of us. And man, I just uh, remembering uh, the very first time that I met him. You know, he walked up to me at the PDC at a regional director's party, and uh, he said, "I'm talking about him like he's dead now, right?" Uh, but <laughs> you know, he was a good guy. <laughs> But, you know, just uh, just sort of, you know, probably one of the most enthusiastic fans that had ever approached me. Uh, and then, of course, I started reading his blog and and uh, and the hilarity ensued. And, you know, uh, it had it has been a, a quick rise for someone, you know, that talented uh, to go from, you know, hey, Carl, I'm a big fan of your show to uh, working for the man and and uh, so busy now that he doesn't even have time uh, to do the show. So, I yeah, don't know what rest you guys in think. peace, Rory says. NJ John. Yeah, rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> See, but the cool thing about this is now that he's not here and it's our hundredth show, you know, we can sort of make fun of him a little bit. Oh, you bet. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm particularly remembering the time, and I don't think we he, we ever played this on the show, but there was a time I can't remember what show it was. I think it was with the Kimberly Trip. Yeah, it was a Kimberly Trip show. And we had some guys from Microsoft who couldn't be on the show, but they wanted to make an announcement. They sort of wanted to talk about something. It was three guys or two guys. And uh, so we pre-recorded it. And I had just forgotten to tell Rory, you know, that we were going to play this thing, this pre-recorded segment with me and these two Microsoft guys. So after the break, we came back and I, and I started just playing it. And Rory didn't realize it was a recording. And this was right after he got hired. It sounds Jay like Hey, and this. Paul, you out there? Yep. Yeah. Hey, Carl. Hey. How's it going? Great. Thanks for uh, stopping by and clearing up this little. Hey, you know, uh, you guys could say issue. hi to me too. Now they're all coworkers and stuff. Yeah, show. <laughs> it's a recording. How you guys doing? Right? First of all, out there in Redmond. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, before I get started, um, I do want to read this mail that came in. Uh, we didn't really get a lot of mail for the 100th show. Uh, you know, we, we do get a steady supply of uh, questions and things that we answer. But nothing that was really show-worthy except for this one from uh, Ralph Luizzo, who says, um, Happy 100 and many thanks. Just a small list of thanks for the 100 shows. Thanks for promoting and recommending active reports which my company and I now use. 
It's so much better than Crystal. Thanks for Rory during the Ask Rory segment for recommending SQL Server and MSDE over MySQL stored procedures rock. Thanks for the insight into the brilliant people in the industry who through your show were able to discuss philosophical and ideological issues that wouldn't normally be brought to the public, i.e. Kimberly Tripp, Charles Petzold, Bob Resselman, Chris Sells, Dan Appleman, Billy Hollis, Bill Vaughn, Jubal Lowy, and Rocky Latka twice. Thanks for the great music, Franklin Brothers and Rory. Being a keyboardist myself, it's always great to hear great thoughtful music. Thanks for exposing .NET technologies that I wasn't using until listening to the show like web services, remoting, and reflection. Thanks for showing me how much more exciting and fun coding is than playing involved games on the computer. Man, that, that's awesome. We, we, we broke somebody of their gaming Jones, you know, and taught them that coding is much more fun. I love that. I'm still trying to, still waiting for you to break me out of it, Carl, by the way. Thanks for showing me that one can balance family, work, and hobbies. Carl, sometimes I wonder how you do it all. Man, sometimes I do too. Some th- uh, thanks for the efforts of Karen, Jeff, Rory, and yourself, Carl, for taking so much personal time to make a great show. Whereas I don't have the resources to attend VBITS conventions or other conventions or coders meetings, your work has brought me into a community I wouldn't normally have. Many of your guests welcome emails from strangers like myself and offer great advice, which in turn brings me up a, new, a few notches. I understand there's a lot of work that you people put into making these great shows. I truly enjoy Mondays and absolutely love DNR. For the future of both shows, my only wish is that you continue to enjoy the work that you do, that you do understand how your work affects, effects, and affects people like myself each day and every day, and that by your efforts, you're creating a closer community of disparate programmers over the entire planet and also giving us a voice to Microsoft for improved technology. What can I say? .NET rocks my world, and thank you each day for it. Ralph Luizzo, listener since episode two. Ralph, I think I speak for everyone when I say... Way to go, man. Way to go. Woo! That's the way to suck up, man. <laughs> Did you say disparate or desperate? He said disparate. Oh, I heard desperate. I, I thought it was fitting. So you may be asking, well, if Rory's out, who is in? And uh, he's here right now. And I want to say thank you and, and welcome to Richard Campbell for being the new co-host, man. A my yeah, privilege yeah, and honor Richard. there, uh, Carl. It's going to be a lot of fun. Golf clap. Golf clap for Richard, everybody. <laughs> Golf clap. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you were definitely – Mark actually was up for the number one spot, and I asked you, Mark, and you said, no, you're too busy. Uh, yeah, still, I was weeping into the phone at the time, too. Uh, still busy. Yeah. Which was the same reason that you – so, basically, Richard – uh, I'm expecting to increase Richard's visibility to the point where he's going to uh, work himself off the show, just like the former, <laughs> just like the former two co-hosts. Uh, we're f- freaking doomed, basically, man. Yeah, gonna yeah, bury me until the wife starts threatening as well, right? <laughs> That's right. So, so you you excited, Richard? Yeah, I am. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. The first one hundred certainly were. It's almost oh, like yeah, sure. it's almost like we're I going. Think this whole left coast, right coast thing is going to work for us. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yep. So you got you got to last through fifty shows, Richard. Yeah, that seems to be the trend, right? That so. seems to be the trend. Yeah, I got to make it through fifty shows. So that's all all of two thousand five, right? Yeah. Well, over the past couple of weeks, uh, some old guests and some new guests have been dropping phone calls 
uh, to us in, in messages uh, wishing us good luck for our next 100 and whatever. So I'll play a few of them now. Hi, Carl. It's Jim Duffy. Wow, 100 shows. That's quite an accomplishment. Congratulations. You guys should be very proud. Uh, let me say it was an honor and a privilege being a guest on the Carl Franklin Show. I had a wonderful time. Really enjoyed my... Excuse me? What? Wrong show name? Oh, oh here, let me try that again. Uh, Carl Franklin Show, voicemail message, take two. <laughs> Carl, it was an honor and a privilege being a guest on Everyone Loves Carl. I had a wonderful time. <laughs> chemistry you guys have... Huh? Wrong show name again? Well, what's the name of the damn show? .NET Rocks. Who came up with that name? How about something catchy like Carl Palooza or CSI, you know, Carl's show on the Internet, CSI New Haven. I can see it now. .NET Rocks. Was I even on that show? <laughs> By the way, Carl, I love you on American Chopper. You, you play Mikey, the younger brother, right? Congratulations <laughs> on your 100th show. Excellent. Hey, Carl and Rory and the gang. This is Marcus from Code Magazine and EPS. I wanted to wish you all the best, and congrats on your uh, 100th show. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. It was a blast to be on the show and talk about tablet PC and object-oriented programming and all that great stuff, especially since uh, at the end of a long chain of events, it got me a free notebook, a tablet PC from Microsoft. So, <laughs> hey, the next time I need some free hardware, maybe I can go on a show again. It would be great. All right, good luck for the future. <laughs> Bye. It's true. True, actually. Hey, Carl, Dan Appleman here. I just wanted to call and congratulate you on your 100th .NET Rocks show. I think it's really nice that there's at least one show that helps keep us from uh, taking this industry too seriously. We tend to do that sometimes. So uh, keep being as subversive and, uh, as you've been and keep the attitude and uh, hope to be on again soon. Talk to you later. So that's basically Dan Appleman telling us that we're stupid, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, men. It's Huckabee. Boys, congratulations on the 100th show. As Carl well knows, I never doubted your success for a minute. I'm just surprised and disappointed, frankly, you're not on TV yet. Darn it, hang on. My non-Microsoft-compliant PDA cell phone device is ringing. <laughs> oh, i got to take this. It's Dave Letterman. Dave. <laughs> well, I'm sort of busy. No, Dave, I told you a thousand times. The .NET Rocks guys don't want to be on late night with Madonna. We want to take your show and your time slot on CBS. Dave, there's no reason for foul language like that. <laughs> Dave, if you don't back off, we're going to take the NBC deal and go opposite you. You know .NET Rocks will crush your ratings. <laughs> Hang on, Dave. I, I got to get rid of boys on the other line. Hey, guys, sorry about this. Dave's being an ass. I'll call you guys later. <laughs> yeah Huckabee Yeah Hey Carl and Rory This is Scott Hanselman Calling to say what's up And just to let you know That that, that check you sent bounced So I'm going to give you a Speaker fee for being on your On your show And I guess since I'm calling To be on your 100th show You should probably send me a Fee for this This little talk as well So Congratulations on 100 shows And uh I'll be downloading it right away. Catch you later. Oh, and podcasting sucks. Bye. <laughs> hey, Carl. It's Mark Miller. Uh, congratulations on your 100th show, man. Uh, you know, I know I had a great time when I was up there, and I want to say thank you to you because um, if you recall when I was up there, we had a, uh, um, we were dealing with my uh, caffeine addiction problem. And uh, I just want to – not again. Hey, 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 just a minute. 
just a minute. <laughs> I just want to say thanks, Carl. Hold on, i got to do a couple things here. But I want to say thank you. Um, you know, uh, uh, ever since I switched to crack cocaine, the uh, caffeine addictions are totally gone. And uh, I appreciate yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pigs are back. Hold on. Just, gonna, just a minute, just a minute. All right, Carl, I got to go. See, thanks a lot. That's not good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, too much. Hey, Carl, it's Ken Getz calling to wish you congratulations on your 100th show. Can't believe you survived this long. It's a lot of effort. I was on a really early in the list haven't been back since. I must have offended somebody. <laughs> anyway, congrats and have a great 100th show. Bye-bye. Carl, man, 100 shows. Congratulations. You know, I, I really think that .NET Rocks does rock. I had a great time on the show. And I won't forget you telling me that your brain hurts or the now infamous meeting of Gadget Girl and Toy Boy. Um, thanks for all the great times. I look forward to many, many shows where I will hopefully be another uh, excited guest. Thanks, Carl. Congrats. Bye-bye. We'll play some more of those later. Oh, who was that? Very good. That was Kimberly Tripp. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. The gadget girl. Who made all yeah, of our girl. heads hurt. <laughs> yeah, especially mine. <clears throat> then there was, you remember the Halloween show that we did? Oh, yeah. It was, on, it was uh, right around Halloween. It was before the election. And uh, Jeff and I got to the studio early, and uh, we we uh, decided to do a little audio sort of tribute to Halloween. And it went something like this. Oh, God. <laughs> it actually is me. Clanking, Jeff. With those That's teeth. my key. Oh God, not Larry Ellison. <laughs> no, those are your keys. You're still getting sponsors for this, man. I know it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, really that was a lot of fun to put together. But uh, hey, Chris, hey. I know you, I know you just joined us. I joined in the middle of some very strange stuff going on. Yeah, <laughs> it's the new format of the show, man. 
Well, Chris, I, I just love it when a bunch of adults can sit around and laugh uproariously for five minutes at somebody going, ooh. He <laughs> <laughs> oh. probably should have cut that down to yeah. just the jokes. You got to love geeks. <laughs> well, anyway, Chris, uh, I'm glad you, it's fortuitous that you showed up when you did because I was uh, about to start playing some of my favorite clips from past shows. And, of course, there are many. But uh, – uh, the one that comes to mind, one of them that immediately came to mind, was when you actually gave us the the garbage collection le- lecture, in which I learned a lot about you that I pre- previously hadn't known, and uh, and I want to play that now. So this is uh, Chris Sells on his first appearance on .NET Rocks. How, how much of this story do you want? I have a long history with. I want to hear it. I want to hear the story. I think this is yeah, give so, it to us, Chris. Give it to us. I think All right, this you is can an- edit it out later. But here's the story. Yeah. So about. 97, 98, when COM was certainly suddenly becoming popular, there was this thing called uh, HEL, which, which I had kind of left out of my memory altogether because I was spending my time reading Java in a nutshell from O'Reilly and Associates. I was going to be developmentor's first Java instructor. Now, before then, I had been done years, like six, seven years of C++, and it was just ingrained in my in my pores. I oozed. C++ syntax when I sweat. And so I'm reading this book about Java, and I get to the section that says, there is this thing called a finalizer, which is where you put cleanup code for your object, but it's not guaranteed to be called. And I thought, what? Because in C++, I have something called a destructor that is where I put cleanup code for my object, but it is guaranteed to be called, and I even know exactly when it will be called. So it's deterministic. I know exactly when that function will be called. Whereas in, in Java, suddenly, you know, I have this function, and I didn't even know if it would be called, let alone when. And so the, 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 I didn't have the terms then, but the schism between deterministic and non-deterministic finalization uh, was born. And I, I, I couldn't get over it. I checked the spec. The spec agreed. There was a little function where you could actually... Um, request that the garbage collectors someday maybe think about maybe collecting garbage, but that was the best you could do in Java. And I, I stopped. I, I, I was not developmentor's first Java instructor. I couldn't face it. I went and spent m- three years doing HCL, and I was very happy. And .NET's no different. .NET is no different than Java was when it comes to, well, actually, that's not true. It has the same basic mechanism, which is it has a function, a virtual function in the object-based class called finalize, and you can provide an implementation to, of it, although it looks like a destructor in C-sharp, which just bothers me no end, because it isn't, right? It's this finalizer. Now in .NET, at least in C-sharp, you get a guarantee that says this um, finalizer will be called as the app domain is shut down in .NET. However, you can't specifically shut down the app domain. Oh, that's not true. I mean, when you're, for example, if you exit um, all the threads in an app domain, or the last thread, or the main thread in the app domain, or whatever, right? I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. I all mean, right. you know, when the, essentially when the process shuts down, your cleanup code will be executed. Well, that's true. But what I meant was, but you it, know, forcing the f- garbage collecting with a GC collect doesn't necessarily guarantee that that's going to. Actually, for, you're right. You have to do two things to force your finalizers to be yeah. called. You have to first say collect, which goes through and says, okay. All of these guys, you over there, you're happy, you don't have finalizers, we'll take your memory and you'll be fine. All you guys, your second-class citizens, you have finalizers, you go over there and wait your turn for the background thread to come yeah. and call you. Yeah. And, some, and someday it will. 
So, and you can force that um, with another call on the GC called um, Wait for Finalization, I believe mm -hmm. is the name of the API, which will actually run through that queue and call all the finalizers. But you should never call either of those functions. Right, right. Never, never, never. <laughs> right. Well, what's your thoughts about implementing uh, iDisposable and creating a dispose method and calling GC suppress finalize? So, so the Java so what what happened was, I noticed this in .NET. Now, I could see the writing on the wall, right? I I could avoid Java because it wasn't Windows, right? It wasn't Microsoft. And I could go and do COM and ATL and be happy. But I saw .NET and I said, this is the thing that I will be spending the next five years of my life on. <laughs> I better make some peace with this finalization thing. So at an early design preview at Microsoft, I raised my hand and said, um, yeah, what about this resource management thing? You know, there's this issue with non-deterministic finalization. And they looked at me and they said, yeah, yeah, that's the way the Java guys do it. Shut up. That's the way we're going to huh. do it. Because five years of research on Java says that that's okay. Nobody has any problems. Of course, they did. They just didn't know. Question, but let me interrupt you here. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't it be okay to implement either way? So, so we could implement a method that would be lightweight, that would absolutely guarantee that data is destroyed. After all, memory is memory, and uh, the garbage collector is going to get around to it anyway. Why not have the option? The option of? The option of destroying an object, like a, a, a traditional destructor, or letting the garbage collector do it. So it turns out that um, for memory-rich systems, which is what we're building today, Right with the, with the cost of memory so low, we're building memory-rich systems that have so much memory that we can actually improve the performance of the application considerably by batching um, calls to free memory. Instead of because in, yes. in the unmanaged world in C++ and in COM, every time that object was no longer used, bam, the finalizer, the COM finalizer was called, which was great because you could close sockets and, and close file handles and close database connections immediately, which was good because those were precious resources, but it would also return the memory. And what happened is you had all kinds of, well, it took time yeah. to put that memory back, and you had fragmented memory, which means it took time now to find memory. Yeah. Whereas in .NET, what happens is finding memory is just going to the end of the heap and saying, oh, here, here you go, here's some bytes. Right. That's, there's no finding of holes. There aren't any holes. Right. Because when um, we do a garbage collect, the garbage collector goes through, finds all the holes, and removes them by changing the pointers to the objects to point at new memory so that there's no holes. Hmm. Right? Which makes things oh so much faster. Yeah. Right? So from a memory standpoint, the garbage, the, uh, the reference tracking garbage collection, that's what, we're, what it's called, reference tracking garbage collection, is um, exactly what you want. And from a lot of systems, it works really well. The downside is because we don't collect that memory, there's no time to actually call the finalizer in a deterministic fashion. And, and that's the problem why, there is, yeah. you know, you, you're creating file objects, you're creating database objects. These guys have real resources in the system. Yeah. They have, and they're, you know, there's only a limited number of them. There's only a limited number of file handles. There's only a limited number of sockets or database connections, especially yeah. database connections. That's is, a big deal. Is this why, like, when you use a, a socket, which is a topic near and dear to my heart, when you use a socket and you shut it down both ways and then close it and then try to create a new socket in that variable, sometimes you'll have res residual problems? Actually, I've never seen that, so I would be interesting. Um, okay. I, I do know this. If you don't 
properly shut down the socket. And the problem yeah. with sockets is, and files in general, is you have sockets and socket readers. Yes. And files and file readers. Yeah. And they both have close functions. Right. And when do you call what? Right. And how do you know that you've really closed the thing you're actually interested I close, in? Closing? I close them in the reverse order I opened them in. I pray to God that that's the right way. <laughs> that should be safe. Yeah. That should be safe. So the, the general problem isn't memory. Memory is cheap. The, the, the way the garbage collector works for right. memory is exactly perfect. However, it's doing the exact wrong thing for each and every other resource. So why are finalizers so expensive, and, and how expensive are they to implement, and why? So final, the reason finalizers are expensive is because when compared to just moving some memory around or checking if memory is used and, and freeing it in big chunks, um, calling individual member functions and waiting for the finalization to happen, that's expensive. And in fact, okay. the garbage collector will only give you a certain amount of time before it whacks your finalization method. So in, uh, Right, so there's no guarantee that a finalizer's code will finish. That's correct. Yeah. You have to be quick. Right. But mostly what you want to do is just close the dang file. Yeah. Right? So it's not generally a problem. So, of course, I'm still wanting you to talk about dispose methods. Uh, you right. Know, what, what, what's your uh, your two cents on that? Sure. So, sorry, like I say, this is a long story. Um, so the, the, the basic problem is that the memory is managed properly, but every other resource is managed badly. And there's no way for the object to know when the last client has said, I don't need you anymore. Okay. Like in the COM world, there was reference counts. And as soon as that reference count went to zero, bango, we knew nobody was using us anymore and we could, we could flush all our resources. So we don't have that in .NET. So what we needed, and I complained loudly eventually, and they heard, and I said, we need something because every object in the world is going to have a close, it's going to have a dispose, it's going to have this function. And i got to write client code, to, and I have to be a programmer. I have to know what this object's close method's called. But I have to write client code to remember to call all that stuff. Could you please add reference counting? And they said, no, it's too expensive. But we will standardize the protocol for you. So you always know what the name of the function is to call. And they put that standardization of that protocol into an interface called iDisposable. So are you telling me that you're responsible for the dispose method? I, well, I, I'm responsible for the using statement in C-sharp, too, but don't blame me. That's not the solution that I asked for. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> I am not the one that, that I think asked that, for that. That looks pretty good on a resume, don't you think, Mark? Yeah, man, that's great. <laughs> I convinced Microsoft to put the dispose method in the using method. In. Well, officially, that's not the case, but okay. according to legend. That was my bitching, and you know the subsequent megabytes of emails of people agreeing or disagreeing on a on the development or .NET mailing list that eventually yielded a solution. That's, and that's pretty the cool. Solution they came up with. So, is it a good solution? Well, it addresses part of the problem. It addresses the here's the standard protocol, which says that, but it's a much different protocol than the COM protocol. And by, protocol by protocol, says, you just mean a method name that's I'm standard. Sorry, yes, a well-known interface, a well-known method, a well-known action that every client can take on every object that has a precious resource in it. If they want Ask to. Ask it, yeah. do, do you have a precious resource? I'm done with you. Oh, you do? Okay, right. dispose. Mm -hmm. Right, that's the protocol. Yep. So, you know, they standardized the protocol, which and, and then after they standardized the protocol, they built in the using block to give us back that kind of C++ scope-like, you know, this is a block, I've got this object. When we're done with this block, please also dispose this object. 
Okay. That's what they built it for. You'll notice that Visual Basic has no such construct. Okay. So um, no such construct as what? There's no using block in Visual Basic. Well, there's a dispose method. That's there the is same, a disposed method, but you have to remember to call it, and you have to write a try-catch block. Okay, it's the same thing, but it's just a different no, no, implementation, no. no? Well, well, it's more work on the VBN to get it But done. it does the same thing. It does the same thing. You write a try-catch or a try-finally block in Visual Basic, yeah. and remember to, to ask for iDisposable and call dispose on all the objects that you've acquired. Right. That's the same as a bunch of using blocks in C Sharp. Got it. Right, the compile that's just syntactic sugar for try catch. That's all I'm as saying. Far as yeah. The C sharp compilers. Okay. Okay, so and, so and you of have this. They only put it in C sharp because I was a C sharp programmer, and I, they knew I wouldn't complain if they didn't put it in Visual Basic. So you should never, Im, Im, you should never uh, use your sub finalize override finalize. No. Is no, that no, what you're no. saying? No, that is not what I'm saying. Okay. You should if you've got and like you're building a file handle, right? If you've got an object that holds on. To a precious resource. Yeah. And by the way, most of the time you don't. Instead, what you do is you're writing objects that hold on to objects yeah. that are provided by the framework that hold on to resources. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you're holding you know, an object that's got a resource that has to go away as soon as possible, you implement the iDisposable protocol, you implement the dispose method, and you also implement the finalize method. Okay. And in C Sharp, you do that by providing a destructor. Right. Okay. What do you what do you do in VB? I'm not even sure. Uh, you um you actually just go up to the uh the 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 menu on the the drop down on the right it's side. It's a term function, isn't it? The right hand side, and you override sub finalize. Oh, sub finalize. Uh, so you do actually yeah. implement the finalize method. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. the way it should have been. And then you can uh, you can either uh, if you want to use the dispose method, you can you can implement i disposable, or you can or just, you can just write a dispose method. Right. Period. Right. And you know as long as the the signature is the same. Uh, it'll call it, yep. even if you don't implement the interface. Kind of like sub-new. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I thought so myself. Uh, but it works. Oh, wait a minute, though. But, I mean, that's not the same as asking for iDisposable and calling dispose. That's just the same as the client calling the dispose method. Yes, uh, but it... However, I believe, and uh, Mark, quote me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I believe that just by doing that, that VB... Oh, cool. ...puts that implements implementation in there for you automatically. Yeah, I I believe it does. So, you know, you don't you don't have to go as far as implementing the interface. That's cool. So, well, it it is in a way, but you know, we get back to um you know, once again, VB is shielding you from some of the underlying details that you might want to know. I teach sure. people to use the implement statement and to go up and let the let the code be written for them. Well, the skeleton yeah, I like that too. Now, the problem, of course, with the iDisposable um, uh, protocol is somebody has to remember to call it. Right. And what if they don't? For example, it is a lot harder in Visual Basic to write try finally than it is in C Sharp to use a using statement. So you're basically telling people what we do as well. And I think you're going to say that you call the dispose from the finalize and then say suppress finalize from dispose. There you go. Yeah. 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 What you want to do is in the dispose, you want to say, don't call my finalizer, I'm all set. Right. By calling the suppress finalize method. But in your finalizer, if somebody forgets, which yep. is by definition, right, that you've gotten to your finalizer, then you should go and clean up those resources. Now, how much overhead is that going to add? Um, well, if the client, this is the beauty, right? If the client is using you appropriately, none. If the client uses you badly, 
then it'll you that finalizer will be called someday later. Okay, wait a sec. So so just by implementing the finalizer, that's not what takes time. It's actually when it's called. That's and, where. And in fact, the the reason it takes so long is because the garbage collector says, "Oh, this is this is an implementation of finalizer. We're going to put this on a background low priority thread and get to this someday." Ah. Yeah, this is kind of like insurance in cases you you've got to have it in there. Oh, you absolutely, there are lots of cases where you absolutely have to have it in there. And in that case, you hope the client is calling dispose well, so we, that your finalizer never gets needed. That's interesting because I saw one of your guys up there at uh, Dev Connections, Ted. Ted Newark. Ted Newark. Yeah, that's him. Before I knew Ted, you know, so this was, uh, I was trying to remember his last name because I had just met him. Well, anyway, this clip is almost done, but I think this is really important stuff. Check it out. Who is telling his audience never, ever, ever, ever implement the sub-finalizer? Yeah, he and I have, um, uh, we disagree on that. Not only that, not only do, I mean, if you implement iDisposable, you should be implementing the finalizer. You should also, in your finalizer, put system.debug.assert false. Yeah. So that the developer can find, oh, hey, I forgot here. I I blew the protocol. Hmm. Good. So when when Ted uh, says that it degrades performance, what is what exactly does he mean? What he, what he means there is um, now there's a bunch of memory that the garbage collector can't free until the um, the thread uh, gets the background thread gets around to calling those finalized methods. Okay. And that can cause performance degradation. I see. That's why you put the assert false in your finalizer so that the developer can, can notice. So it's really only if you don't call I dispose the dispose method that that finalizer executes. That's right. And that's otherwise where, it never executes. And that's what takes so much time is for that thing to go away. Right. And the memory, um, the you know the the, the degrade, degradation in performance because of that memory that you know has. Right, to but hang it's around. only right there at the end of the life of that object. It's right. not through the life of the object that you get no. a performance degradation. No. Okay. No, it's only at the end. That's very. It's. I'm glad you've cleared that up for me because it didn't make any sense. Sure. What I was, what well, I was understanding. Yeah, this has been a, a great discussion, Chris. Well, let me throw in one more interesting tidbit about iDisposable, mm-hmm. and then I'll be done. Um, it turns out that the you know the code to re- implement the dispose method and to call suppress finalize properly and to impl- override the finalizer and to call dispose, and you also need a little flag that says, "Hey, am I being de- called at the end of my lifetime? Mm-hmm. In which case, I shouldn't be touching any of the other objects that mm-hmm. are in me." Or am I being called by the client, in which case I can go and party on those objects all I want? Right. Um, that whole protocol is um, implemented in the base class um, of system dot uh, or system dot component model dot component. Most of what makes a component a component is that it implements i disposable and it implements the finalize and it funnels all of those properly um, uh, optimized for you to a single method call you implement called dispose that takes a single boolean. That's the disposing boolean that you see in a in a VB form. Absolutely, yes. dispose method. Yes, and that's all back to what is the appropriate protocol for a, uh, an object that holds resources. Great. And components, things like timers, or um, proce- uh, process monitors, or whatever, right? Those are those all have um, resources, and they need to know when the form shuts down so that they can reclaim their resources. Yeah, very cool. And uh, Chris, you still there? Yeah, I'll, was that the clip? 
That was the clip. Oh my god, that wasn't a clip. That was like a <laughs> sleep-inducing nightmare. I that was an episode. On and on. But you know what's cool about that though is it, it should, as we were discussing, as we were listening, this should be playing. Uh, as Nick said, you should be playing while while you're installing Visual Studio. Yeah, the moment you install Visual Studio, that clip should be played automatically. That is so important, man. I mean, to VB programmers especially, it's just absolutely critical. I think you need to get that in with a dev team, man. So it's interesting. Since that clip, well, let's see, a couple of interesting things about that clip. One, I love the analogy of knowing C++ so much that when I sweat, C++ syntax oozed out. That was scary. <laughs> because that's just how grimy. That just is a fabulous, grimy <laughs> analogy for C++. And it goes back to the whole hair washing thing, you know, with C++ developers. Oh, that's right. Rocks, right. And, you know, that's funny because not a lot of people know what, where that came from, the whole hair joke. You know, we put in our Sunny Day videos. We do, I do it in my presentations and stuff and uh, i'm gonna play now everything else from here on is truly a clip i mean that was like required listening for any dotnet rocks listener who wants to know where to start but uh from here on in these are clips and this is this is me and mark uh, mark and i talking to bill vaughn and this is uh where it happened show number seven but remember that visual basic is not um, the visual basic developer community is not all the same right that you, you the C++ developer, you can you can characterize a C++ developer. You can just picture that person yeah. in your mind, That's and true. you're 90% correct. <laughs> a C-sharp developer, you can characterize that person. You know what they look like, you know, or a Java developer. You kind of know what they look like. Well, a hardcore but, VB developer, you can sort of characterize. Right. And the hardcore developer, but what the heck is, you know, they, they kind of lump I, I all got the it. people together. I got it. You can tell them by uh, how often they shampoo their hair. Right. I think that's basically it. guys never shampoo because they're so busy writing code all the time, they never have time to shower. Precisely. The C-sharp guys are a little bit, they have a little bit cleaner hair because they shower every other day or something like that. <laughs> they still spend a little bit of time matching case and uh, case sensitivity and putting on all those semicolons. That turns them on. You know, that magic. Oh, they oh, love yeah, so the VB developers are doing commercials for shampoo on TV. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I'm saying that the VB developers are, are come from all walks of life. And I'm gonna get it. It's the, I'm uh, dead now. And, the, and there, there you go. God. Well, you see, that's why I don't have any hair. This way, people can't know what language I'm using. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm incognito. Oh man, is that is that the first mention that was of the, the first? Hair? Yeah, yeah, it's like was show it. number seven. That's great. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about Dev Connections. And you know what? Let's not even talk about the conference. Let's talk about you getting out of the office and going to Orlando, Florida for a little while and hobnobbing with me and my friends down there at Dev Connections. I'm talking about VisualStudio.net Connections, where you'll learn the latest in the .NET framework, uh, C Sharp and VB.net. We're talking about ASP.net Connections where you'll learn from Scott Guthrie and Paul Litwin and all of the people that, uh, that talk on the circuit all about ASP.NET 2.0 and ASP.NET 1.1. You'll, you'll check out SQL Server Magazine Connections, where Tom Rizzo and Brian Moran head up the, uh, head up the, the SQL Server track. I mean, we're talking a huge connected conference here. Let's check out the roster, shall we? Ken Getz, Billy Hollis, Andrew Kelly, Don Kiley, Kevin Klein, 
Brian Larson, Julie Lerman, Michelle Aru Bustamante, Paul Litwin, Javal Lowy, Douglas McDowell, Brian Moran, Russ Namehauser, Paul Nielsen, Brian Noyes, Carl Rabler, Doug Seven, Sanjay Sonny, Ron Talmadge, Kimberly Tripp, Bill Vaughn. Come on, now this is a huge lineup here. .NET Superstars. And it's all happening March 20th through 23rd at the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress Hotel in Orlando, Florida. Hey, you've got to come down just to try to win the Harley. I mean, come on. Where would you rather be the week of March 20th through 23rd? But at Dev Connections, hanging out with cool people. Check them out at www.devconnections.com. And, and Mark, do you remember when Dino Esposito was down in... Uh, Esposito. 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 Esposito, yeah. Remember when you took him to a barbecue joint? <laughs> oh, that's right. I took him to Johnny Ray's in Birmingham. Now, here's the thing. Like, several times after this show, we had mentioned to anyone, anytime Dino's name came up, like with Rory just the other day on your show, Mark, uh, we mentioned, you know, anytime you see Dino, you know, take him to a barbecue joint. He loves barbecue. And Rory goes, hmm. Right, and so you know, we just let it go. But here's the source of that: shell programming from Rocks Press, instant DHTML scriptlets, and Windows script host programmers reference. I got to say something. When do you have time to eat? <laughs> well, when I'm in Birmingham, in Alabama. Ah, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and def- preferably not ribs, yeah. right? <laughs> no, not ribs. No. So, Mark, what happened with the ribs? Tell me the story. Well, it it wasn't ribs. I think uh, we'll see. What you got? Chopped beef, didn't you? Dino? Oh, barbecue. Right, right. Uh, Dino wanted to experience some local fare. There well, in first Birmingham. of all, you, Dino is in Birmingham this week for some reason. What, what are you there for? Um, to teaching, of course. To okay. teach, of course. Okay, so you're teaching. Without a reason. So you guys hooked up and you took Dino out to a, an authentic Southern American barbecue place, right? We went to Johnny Ray's, oh my which God. is a classic in Birmingham. So what happened? Well, uh, I was telling Dino about barbecue on the way there and he was thinking it might be good but i don't think it was quite compatible with his palate well i mean you know you're from rome you have the best wine the best food you know yeah barbecue this is the stuff we throw away right (laughs) (laughs) but actually with some sauce actually the 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 first time the first time that time uh, i came to the states it was a seven eight 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 years ago probably in 95 or something like that Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Washington, and I wanted to try something that, uh, I mean, for some reason, sounded promising to me. Yeah. But I tried that. I had a sandwich with that kind of stuff inside. Only one bite. Then I throw it away. Yeah. And it was the barbecue, exactly the same stuff that I ate yesterday. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so you didn't tell him you hated barbecue when you drove into the place. Hey, you know, I really hate this stuff. The mushly, the, the, the stuff that I got yesterday was not that bad, but uh, ah. yeah, okay. Um, compared to the, the the one that I had in Washington, without okay. knowing the name of the kind of of the stuff, but uh, right. Well, I don't think Washington is the barbecue capital of the America of uh, the United States. And then Mark's absolutely brilliant uh, on the spot answer to that was. No, no, they're not known for pork up there. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man, Mark, that was great. They're not known for pork in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, we, then, then there was a time where Javal Lowy was on, and we were having this discussion about uh, generics. And uh, all of a sudden, he used a term that I had never heard before, and I just wondered if I had heard so I, it right. I don't have to do something like uh, an ad handler uh, to tell it the function name. Is that what you're saying? He was talking about anonymous methods right here. If a bit of that is going to support me, is going to support it, I have no idea what the syntax is actually going to look like. But vb.net, I don't know if it's going to support it ever, this sort of thing, but it, it's probably unlikely to look like the ad handler syntax. Because what you're going to do with an anonymous method, you literally squirt the code in pseudo. And the compiler is smart enough to pick up the pieces and make you it delegate. You what the code? It. What did she say? Squirt? Squirt it. You just put it in line where you want to pass it a delegate. And you simply... Put the code in line. Wait a minute. Did you say S-Q-U-I-R-T? Squirt. Squirt. Yeah. You squirt the code. <laughs> That's a technical term, Carl. It's a technical term, I yeah. Never, I never heard that before. It's a new oh, code squirting, squirting yes. Code squirting. You never did any code squirting when you were a kid? You must be the, the squirt <laughs> king of C-sharp. We're going to make a, a uh, T-shirt for you. So what it, squirt the code just means to just fire it in there. You just put it in place. You don't have to even define a method. Okay. And the compiler would pick up the pieces, wrap it in a nice delegate, and pass it in. You wow, I want to go squirt some code now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, you're you're like Mr. Software Developer. Do you use that term around Redmond? Well, I don't know um, if I've ever heard it around Redmond because things are very professional there. Definitely, but I mean, in, but, you know, in developers. Uh, I've absolutely heard the term squirt, "squirting code" before, and I didn't take the sexual satisfaction out of it that you did. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know that's what I was talking about, man? <laughs> yeah, you guys actually regurgitate code; they don't squirt it. <laughs> oh, that's with all that code generation stuff—the artificial insemination of code or yeah. dependency injection, right? Well, this show wouldn't be the 100th show without this absolutely hysterical story from Tim Huckabee on working so with So now you spend a lot of time at Microsoft, and, and uh, I have heard through the grapevine that you have some incredible Bill Gates stories to share. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a great show. Uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's make one thing clear. I do not know Bill Gates personally. Okay. I'm sure he would recognize me, and, and he'd point at me and look funny and go, you're the guy from San Diego, right? And I would say, yeah. I don't know him personally, but, uh, you know, having so many friends in Redmond, Washington, uh, you do hear a variety of Bill Gates stories. And the funny thing about Microsoft people is they always call him Bill. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Right. As, if, as if all 50,000 employees were on this personal relationship with Mr. Gates. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're all uh, on the buddy I, list. I, I would call <laughs> him, you know, sir, yeah. you, when addressing him personally. Yeah. But, uh... Let's see, Bill Gates Has story. He yet? They either have a lot of cussing in them, so they're not suitable for your audience. Actually, you can cuss all you want. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> and you're going to beep it out? <laughs> yeah. Or, or they're um, sad. So let me think. You may or may not know I did the last launch event, uh, the Visual Studio launch in February yeah. of this year. Iron and, Developer. Uh, I got to spend uh, two days with Mr. Gates. Uh-huh. And uh, it was... Um, very, very interesting, but kind of sad. Uh, and that is because, you know, he is, he is beyond cultural icon now. He's almost a cult of personality. So he yeah. can't even walk into a room and make eye contact anymore. So many people 
CEOs of giant companies are just begging just to shake his hand. It's really quite pathetic. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so me and Woodgate and John Rauschenberger are backstage and, and uh, at a Bill Gates event. This is a long story. I'm sure you want to insert Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. At a Bill Gates event, uh, everything is so tightly scripted. Every little movement you make, every little demo has backup. You know, there's little people behind the stage following my mouse click just in case something goes wrong on stage. I mean, it's really quite a contrived event, as you might well guess. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of Hollywood people behind the stage, and we're waiting for the event to start. And and, uh, John and I and Scott are are joking about, you know, there's nothing to be nervous about because we've done this so many times that there's nothing ad-lib in our whole shtick. And I could see him coming, and we're laughing, and it's like 10 minutes to showtime. And I see Gates appear from the, from the shadows, and he walks right up to us and, and starts talking to us. And I thought, wow, this is cool. Just prior to Gates walking up, the assistant producer, this little gal, had come up to the three of us and said, all right, you three, I want you to stand on this fucking piece of tape and I don't want you to fucking move until I fucking tell you to. <laughs> So then Gates walks up and sits talking to the average Joe. Well, I'm, you know, I'm facing Gates and, and Scott and John are on, on, you know, the sides. We're kind of in a little semicircle. And I see all the Hollywood-type people in the background. And certainly Gates has a, an entourage of VPs that he walks around with. And they're all talking, and they're looking at us. And sure enough, this little executive producer gal comes up <laughs> and says, guys, just interrupts the conversation. And Gates was generally, you know, having a good time. I could tell. You, you know, we were talking tech and kidding around. And he says, guys, you know, I, I realize I told you to stand on this piece of tape, but now I need you to stand on that one. And she pointed to a spot 10 feet away. <laughs> and we kind of looked at each other puzzled. And I could swear I saw a depressed look on Bill Gates' face because <laughs> the three of us walked 10 feet away and left Gates standing there by himself while we continued to joke around. It was, it was so really sad. quite sad, actually. such a sad <laughs> story. A testament to Bill Gates' life. He can't even have fun when he wants to. Oh, man. Yep. Ugh. Must be rough. I love the beeps, man. The beeps just make that piece. You know yeah. why the beeps are great is because they're not quite long enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was quite intentional. There was no doubt what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Carl, Rory, and the gang. This is Fritz Onion calling. I just wanted to congratulate you on your 100th show and wishing you another 100. Thanks. Hey, guys. Congratulations on your 100th show. This is Stephen Forte from New York. And I think we need to do a show on top of a mountain soon. All right. Let's have 100 more great episodes. Bye. You're going to have to gather your disciples, Carl. Yeah. Hey, Carl. This is Rocky. I'm going to leave you a message for the show. This is great. Hi, this is Rocky Lotka. Congratulations on your 100th show. I hope to hear many more as time goes on. Thanks and goodbye. Now, was that a constructor interface on that message? Is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> I have another such constructor interface. Hey, Carl, this is John Alexander. I hope this is not too late for the 100th show. If it is, then so be it. But here goes. Hey, Carl, Rory, and the whole gang, (laughs) congratulations on your 100th show. This is John Alexander, and um, had a great time being a a part of the first 100 shows and hope that I can do it again. 
And I'd like to shout out to some of my homies, Mark, Sean, Kem, and Robert. Take care, bud. Once again, congratulations. I love how people have two modes. Right, right. Like yeah. Before the message and after the message. Yeah, they've got this, like, it, it's like, you know, it's a constructor tagger. It's like, it's it's XML. They've got, like, you know, <laughs> uh, meta, okay. Meta information. Yeah, it's yeah. meta information. Exactly. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah. Well, so the thing that kills me about it is people that leave those messages with that little header up front, the metadata, and then expect you to take that off. Right. Exactly. <laughs> obviously never listen to the show. In the off- <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't know Carl very well. Well, you know, we don't want to we don't want to destroy the meta information. I mean, it's very important. Right. It's, it's important. You know, yeah, it's like the, the joke Michelle Bustamante, you know, told you won't air that, will you? Oh yeah. Carl, oh, no. Of Billy Hollis here, wishing .NET Rocks a happy 100th, and let you know I consider you guys to be kind of the Tonight Show of the Internet. I, Carl, I guess that makes you Johnny Carson. Guess that means I'm dead. <laughs> uh. Bye now. <laughs> Rest in peace, too. Really? Now Rory and I are both dead. Sweet. Hello, we're speaking. Wow, so 100th uh, .NET Rock Show episode. Amazing. So actually managed to pull some 97 episodes uh, without me. Take care and uh, Carl, Carl, you and uh, the guys, uh, congrats on your uh, 100th show. That's that's very cool. This is Bill Vaughn, still causing trouble as usual. But have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Carlton, your doorman, you know? This is Carlton, your doorman. Bill Vaughn impaired. Hey, Carl, Bob Wrestleman here. Hey, um, congratulations on your 100th show. Um, you guys are doing uh, big stuff in a big way, and I'm proud of you. Uh, I hope to Aww. get to call for your 200th show. Again, congratulations. Bye. Is that your mom? No. <laughs> hey, Carl, Rory, Jeff, and everyone else in Donut Rocks. This is Patrick Hines. Um, when Carl first asked me to be on the show, I thought for sure that me and his grandmother would be the only ones that ever listened to it. And uh, glad to see that I was very wrong. I've been on the show several times and enjoyed it every time. And congratulations on 100, 100th episode. Thanks. Hey, Carl and Rory and all you guys up there. This is Kathleen Dollard, and I wanted to call and congratulate you on your 100th um, episode that's coming out. Hard to believe you've generated quite that many in such a short time, but it's been fun, and I look forward to hearing another 100 from you. Good luck. Bye-bye. Hey, Carl. This is Harry Pearson from Microsoft and author of DevHawks Weblog. I, uh, you know what I think? I, I think that your 1-800 number never has anybody answering it. That's what I think. I don't think <laughs> that there's operators standing by, and I don't think, uh, I, I, well, I just, uh, we'll just leave it at I don't think. Anyway, uh, congratulations on your 100 show. I really, uh, it was really great being on. Look forward to being on again sometime, and I'm sure I will see you at some event at some point in the near future. Uh, look forward to talking to you then, and good luck with uh, your future success. Bye. Hey guys, this is Ethan Weiner calling from a time warp back in 1993. If only we had Net Rocks back then. Hey, Net Rock Rocks. You know, of all the one-liners ever said on the show, this one by Kate Gregory may just be my favorite.
Sahil in the chat room wants to know what you eat for breakfast. Um, I don't do breakfast. Coca oh. Cola, that's my breakfast. Oh my God. Coca Cola for breakfast? I'm an old style programmer, man. I'm a device for converting caffeine into code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic. That was a good one. And then, you know, here's here's one from Bill Vaughn that I still use in my uh classes. That reminds me of something we were talking about before we started recording, which was a, a sort of a letter you got, and uh, I didn't really understand until you said that you had spent some time in Texas and lived in Texas. So what was that uh, email that you got about Well, about I had Texas? a customer at the last Fawcett show that was uh, upset with me because uh, this person thought that I had made fun of the, the great state of Texas. And I said, well, we've got an extremely large result set here, and this result set is, say, the you've done a select star from all the Social Security recipients in the state of Texas. And this person took umbrage to that as if that was bad, and I was just trying to refer to the fact there's a lot of rows. Right. <clears throat> it's a lot not, of people uh, in Texas, after all. There's a lot of people in Texas. And um, it was just typical of the kind of query that I keep uh, getting. You know, the guy calls up and says, you know, the performance in this application really sucks. And I says, well, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm pulling back 200,000 rows, and it's just kind of slow. Yeah. So you yeah. really need to use all 200,000 of those at the same time. Yeah. I said, well, you generally, uh, how is your customer dealing with that? Do they have a, a really small font that they can show them all at once? Or, <laughs> I'm not sure how that works out. Big, long, low spots. Yeah. Arial .7. Yeah, that's it. Well, I'm not sure Arial .7 would... would He's actually got to do the math right now. now, right? One pixel per, I'm not sure, that'd be too many pixels for the, if you just one pixel per customer. What so you're used to controversy then? Oh, yes. I, if I'm not, if there's not enough controversy, I just make some. <laughs> <laughs> really drives the point home, too. You know, you couldn't say, well, you don't need all that data. It doesn't make you, you know, it doesn't give the same sort of visceral response that, wow, you must <laughs> yeah. have a small font. <laughs> and you sit and you think about it for a second <laughs> and you're like... It's a very zen kind of answer. Ah. It's kind of like when he talks about, when I asked him about uh, uh, concurrency management, you know, dealing with uh, collisions and stuff. And he said, and I don't have the clip here, but basically he said, you know, so many people are concerned about what to do after a collision happens. And, you know, in in my books and stuff, I try to, to show people how to design databases so that the collision doesn't happen in the first place. And he says, you know, it's it's kind of like the New York City Transit Authority showing up at an intersection and saying, okay, where are we going to stack the bodies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark, I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, what have you been up to, man? Oh, since my last appearance on the show, uh, I actually got, got a phone call from the code camp in Florida to inform me that uh, it wasn't in Tampa. Uh, so instead it was in Fort Lauderdale. So I, I kind of goofed up there when I was talking about code camps. Uh, I also got a call that, since I said I would post a link about the one in Atlanta, uh, I need to, to make sure I get you a link to that one for this show at least. Uh, I got a lot of email uh, off the ADO.net show as well. So uh, I, I had my inbox filled uh, within a few days of that being published with just comments about the benchmarks and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's good. So, um, so let me ask you, um, because you know we're here, and and you obviously did the first fifty shows, and Rory did the second fifty shows, and I guess Richard is set up to do the third fifty, and uh, <laughs> or at least that many. And uh, so, let's let's go a little back back in time a little bit. Do you remember like how 
this whole thing started, uh, the whole .NET Rocks. Do you remember your first meeting with me about... Yeah, actually, I remember us talking on the phone, and uh, you know, I don't know if everyone knows what a big fan you are of, of public radio, Yeah. Uh, but you love talk shows on the radio, and uh, you, you were just talking to me about, you know, man, wouldn't it be great if there was a talk show that uh, was out there for, for coders? And, you know, .NET Rocks was kind of born from that idea originally. Yeah. And I can't remember what we were doing together. We were maybe collaborating on a syllabus or something. I think right? so. Yeah, we were yeah. working on some class stuff and uh, just geeking out as usual. And I've always, I've always appreciated your, uh, your voice uh, and especially watching you teach. You know, you have a very sort of laid back, very calm and thorough way of explaining things that I really, really uh, like. Yeah, Quaaludes is really the key to that. <laughs> but it just shows you the difference about being from the South and being from the North. I mean, you know, you're no stoop, man. You've, you're like a math major. You know, you've got, what do you have, a master's in mathematics or something? Or? I have a bachelor's in math and a bachelor's in physics. Wow. You know, and, uh, and, and you speak really clearly and slowly. I mean, I wish I had that kind of, uh, you know, filter that uh, that you have. He does well, you're, you're the first one to make me aware of the fact that I nod at people. Yeah, that's I'm right. Trying to get them to understand something, I, I <laughs> subtly nod up and down. Yeah, that's it. It's a wonderfully effective technique, as to if, yeah, it's if to say you will hear what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> these are not the robots you're looking for. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> doing web forms development should definitely check out Telerik RAD RAD control suite the UI essentials for rapid ASP.net development online at www.telerik.com T-E-L-E-R-I-K.com their new sponsor and uh, we've taken their tools for a test drive here and we like what we see this indispensable collection of components cover the major aspects of most web applications from the CMS Backbone and the WYSIWYG Editor to Navigation, Content Rotation, and Charting. Telerik has just released version Q1 2005 of the RAD Control Suite, which features new major versions of their Tree View, Panel Bar, and Charting components. The company has been prominent for frequent releases, so you can expect something new every month. RAD Controls is not merely a collection of ordinary controls, but rather a value set of products, many of which are market leaders in their respective categories. They've received a number of industry awards and recognitions. Moreover, as of June 2004, a modified version of their flagship control, the HTML Content Editor called RAD Editor, has been made available by Microsoft as a replacement of the default HTML placeholder in Microsoft Content Management Server 2002. 
All the individual controls can also be purchased separately. If you only need navigation components, for example, you can opt in for the subset called RAD Navigation Suite. A subscription option is also available, which entitles you to new products and free updates for one year. So you should definitely check them out. Telerik RAD Control Suite Q1 2005 for ASP.NET at www.telerik.com. And uh, Chris, the reason that you're on this show is I really feel a, a sort of um, that you have a special place in the history of .NET Rocks, not only because you you were the first, uh, the only sort of guest host other than, you know, the standard guys, but uh, also that you, you really helped us get uh, the relationship with uh, MSDN Online going. You were the one who suggested that... Uh, they help out with bandwidth uh, and, you know, mirroring the site. So you're responsible for that, and I thank you for that. Well, uh, it's been my pleasure. I mean, I love uh, I love being the guest, and I, and I absolutely loved being the guest host. I felt a little bit like, you know, Jay Leno when <laughs> Johnny Carson was still, you know, doing his thing, right? <laughs> um, but here, I, I just heard uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. Did I just hear that um, uh, Mark did 50 shows and then – Rory did 50, and now he's gone? He's, yes, you weren't here for that. Uh, Rory uh, basically is working for the man, and his schedule is such that he can't really commit to doing every show, and and we want to co-host in every show, and, and he's uh, feeling the pressure a bit himself. So uh, we both decided it was in everybody's best interest if he uh, gracefully bow out. So, so I want to know, right, so you're now onto your third co-host in Richard Goodluck. That's it. Thanks, man. Filling those big shoes. Yeah. Um, I want to know what the hell you do to these people if they can only <laughs> hold on for 50 shows. I make them famous, man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So what happens is they just get too big for their britches. Well, yeah, well, they get swarmed with uh, with offers for, uh, you know, work is what happens. Well, th- that's what happened to me. I mean, I, I went on the show. And ever since then, you know, people have been coming to my website. And, oh, come on! And I've just—it's been fabulous for me. I appreciate the boost in my career, Carl. Thank come you. on, you're full—you're full of it, man. You have—you were a star well before .NET Rocks came around. In fact, <laughs> I don't think so. You I have, think it's you have had the launch. You have had the that effect on us, I believe. Well, I'm glad. Um, actually, it was—I I have to say that it was really, really, really hard for me to get you that hosted space on MSDN because what happened was. You sent out your public letter, and I forwarded it to somebody internally who could actually do the work. And I said, "What do you guys think about this?" And they said, "That's a good idea." And then they did all the work. So, <laughs> hey, well, you know, but uh, you're the one who took the initiative and had the vision. And thank you, man. So, what do you got planned for the next uh, fifty shows, man? Well, we got some a couple guys from a development team at NASA who are using .NET, and uh, we're going to be talking to them in a couple of weeks. And uh, we've got lots of great guests. You know, we're trying to we're trying to balance it between sort of evangelism about things that are going on with Microsoft and uh, you know actual bit twiddly kind of technical stuff. So uh, you know, it's been a good balance, I think, so far. There are some times that we're talking about SQL down and dirty or you know garbage collection, and then sometimes we're talking about you know what Microsoft thinks when they get out of bed in the morning. 
Oh, uh, Chris, by the way, Carl is also expecting you to do 10 of the next 50 shows. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 150 through 200, is that it? Yeah, well, you know, you could pr pretty much participate anytime you want. I appreciate yeah, that. What, what does Microsoft think when they get out of bed in the morning? First thing Microsoft does when it gets out of bed in the morning is it has a cigarette and then looks over at the other company <laughs> that's in bed with it and says, oh, man, what did I do last night? Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> What's your name again? <laughs> How much did I pay? Well, you know, it hasn't always been um, – I mean, the relationship that we have with Microsoft is a hands-off approach. I mean, you, you know, we, we sometimes get suggestions and stuff, but, we, you know, we decide what we, what we say, what we do, what we endorse and all that stuff. And, uh, but sometimes there have been people who, you know, sort of had expectations that we were going to do X and we did Y. And, you know, those individuals, you know, sort of uh, – sort of had their <laughs> expectations shattered. And on one particular event, I remember this was when Rory had just pretty much uh, started being a co-host. Um, a, a certain person had lined up a couple of speakers from high up at Microsoft. And I don't realize it was Vic Gondotra and Steve Cellini. And I don't know if anybody realized like how, how much of a superstar, you know, these superstars, these guys actually are. Uh, and how much work they've done in the community, but you know these are pretty pretty uh, important higher ups. And uh, this person who lined it up said, "Carl, you know, treat my boys with respect. You know, these are professionals. You know, I want you to be you know clean because Rory had just been on and, and you know shocked the world with his uh, with his writing and stuff and his style. And so you know, I just forgot to tell Rory." <laughs> you know, hey, tone it down a little bit for these guys. I forgot to tell him. And so, you know, we, we come to do Google Weirdos, and I realized that I had forgotten. And uh, so this is what happened. And now we move on to the actual weirdos. These are the people who most likely did not mean to get to my site. They just had to search Google for their weird, nasty stuff. So the first one is Tidy Whitey's blog. I mean, that's just gross. I don't, I don't, I've never even liked that phrase. And why would I want to immerse myself in it to the point that I would be subscribing to some daily feed of information just about Tidy Whitey's? I think that's a little what bit gross. What is Tidy Whitey? I don't even know. It's, it's, it's briefs, you know, the white, normal, like Hanes briefs okay. on guys, which are very functional, but some of the less appealing bits of garb oh, that okay. a guy can wear. Yeah, oh, they don't right. really make you feel very... How did you know that? Well, I mean, it's just, I thought it was common knowledge, but perhaps not. Okay, so next one is less anal leakage. Oh, come on. Oh. What, you want more? Is that what you're saying? I want, an, I want, no. I was thinking I'd like none. That's I'd just like, wrong, I'd like to just move man. on to none. You, no anal leakage. That's just no wrong. more. We, we got to draw the line, just no more. So people stop doing that. God. What this are they looking for? I, I honestly don't know. I really maybe maybe they've been eating Olestra chips or something. I I don't know. And now you can hear like I'm starting to squirm a little bit, and uh, and this person in the chat room is is absolutely throwing a fit. So uh, this one here is not very PC. All right, it doesn't have a bad word in it, but it's not PC. You might want to plug your ears or something. But it, it's phrased in an interesting way. It's and and I can't believe somebody's searching for this. I'm serious. Three tart ate the video. Ew. The, uh. <laughs> the video. It's like some guy who's hanging out with his, you know, drugged out buddy who, you know, went it's on like, ahead. Uh, and, what's his name there in, uh, in the something about Mary? You know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Eating the video. Yeah. No, no, no. There's something about the phrasing there. And why is this person looking for it? Yeah. That, that, that's the way half of Google weirdos is, though. You just don't expect it. Yeah. It's just there it is, you know, right in the log. 
So here's one. Every time I see you walking by, I get a thrill, and you don't notice me, but in time you will. I must make you understand. <laughs> what the hell is that? You know, I, I didn't actually realize you were so serious. I'll try to make, pay more attention to you in the future. That's not actually a lyric from a Tom Jones I, song I, I or something? I think it might be a lyric from something, but it's definitely nothing I've got on my side. I don't know how that got there. We got VB6 code, migrate AS400 database sequel. And all I, just, I just wanted to say that I'm very glad that I'm not the one who's working on that project, because that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> Moving on, we've got, is there a proper way to wash hands? And yes, as a matter of fact, and until they're clean is really my <laughs> advice. Rory's advice is as often as possible. As often as possible for at least a minute and a half using hot water and soap and turning off the sink using a paper towel and exiting using a paper towel. I was surprised that you let somebody shake your hand at uh, Dev Connections They catch me off guard. I don't, I yeah. don't mean to let it happen, but if someone sticks their hand out and not really thinking, yeah. then I'll, I'll reach out and... When the hand touches, I go, oh, man, what have I done? But now you're contaminated, and you might as well just get it all dirty because you're sure. going to go to the bathroom in the next yeah. two minutes and wash. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I usually try to avoid it, but they did get me there. Moving on, we've got Tom Jones disease. I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's what you I've have, got my it. friend. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess something I've got. Next is grandmother triple clean eyelids. I, I don't know what that is. You know, twice cleaned is good enough for a lot of people. I don't, I, I don't even really know what eyelid cleaning is anyway. And lastly, the last Google weirdo of the week is urine smell in bathroom. All right, you know what? All I can say is that it, it sure beats urine smell on the couch. We're gonna have know? to uh, we're gonna have to disinfect the Google weirdos here. This is just you know a disturbing trend that's happening. <laughs> well, that's that's what people are putting in there. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. You know? So very strange. Yep. So that is Google weirdos for the week. And so, all right. So then I'm you know I'm introducing the guys that are coming on. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what how they're going to react to this. You know, they've never, they, I don't know if they were expecting this, and this is what they say after I introduce them. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hello, Rory. Hello, Hey, Paul. how's it going? Hi Good there. Thank, thanks for going through our super long titles, too. We appreciate that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and, uh, and you, you, I hope you know why we have such long titles. Why? Oh, it's because uh, then we tell our bosses, hey, it's not our job, that, you know. <laughs> it's like, read your damn title. <laughs> it's not in the bio. Do everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to personally thank you guys for bringing a little class to our otherwise uh, silly and monotonous show. Oh, you haven't heard us yet, so. <laughs> Although, Carl, I, Rory, I have to tell you, it's, it's, it, this might be the highlight of my career. I'm not sure I've ever, you know, I've done lots of press interviews before, lots of shows, but I don't think I've ever done a show before where we worked in itchy buttocks and, and cow <laughs> testicles. Although the cow testicles thing, Steve and I were, were wondering if that was some sort of foreshadowing for our longhorn discussion. Oh, right. <laughs> dun Hey, you know, I'm desperately trying to make this better radio than the letters. It's a tough challenge. <laughs> hey, it's just Steve and I are still writing notes here back and forth, trying to figure out how we can work anal leakage into our... Oh, <laughs> No, please don't, please. <laughs> I remember those guys on the show, and I remember listening to Rory and think, hey, this is going just fine until he got to the leakage part, and it was all downhill. Oh, and then, hearing those guys come on, and I know those guys, yeah. and those are, I mean, these are the consummate professionals. Right. <laughs> they are serious guys doing serious work. Yes. And for them to come on and be that cool, I was so impressed. It was very impressive, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know like how much of uh, heavyweights these guys were until I googled them and read their resumes and what they had done. But man, well, like Steve Cellini threw the last PDC. Yeah, I mean that's serious. Yeah. 
Yep, and Vic Gondotra had uh, Jeff. We were looking at him in Google, and oh, dude, Vic Gondotra. I read an article, or I read he was one of the top ten or something influential people in technology in Newsweek or or, or popular science. Yeah, or something. he is a god at yeah. Microsoft, yeah. and he's like he was one of the pioneers of the whole .NET platform itself. I mean, he was he like one of the first guys to say hey, to say web services to Microsoft. I think I don't know something like that. Well, anyway, something very. Pioneering. And we had no idea we were in the in the presence of such greatness, but uh, and there you go. <laughs> this person was cr- absolutely cringing in the chat room. All right, so then there was a show with Don Box. Mark, do you remember this one? Oh yes, I'll never forget it. We were actually doing two shows at once. We were in a hotel room in Hartford, and I think you were in Hartford for some consulting or something, right? That's right. Yeah. So, and I came up, and we brought the portable recording kit. You know, we we did like two shows in a row. And one of them was Don Box. This is the first time I had talked to him. And Chris, I mean, I know that you you and Don are, are big friends and stuff and you go way back. But, you know, me being like a VB programmer and then being exposed to .NET and not, never being in the C++ world and in the com world, really, <clears throat> uh, you know, I had no idea, you know, uh, about the, the culture, the, the, you know, the myth, the legend that had been built up around Don. So I met him in Boston. He was uh, speaking at a conference. At a, at a .NET C-sharp users group or something like that on generics. And he said, you know, what does it take to get on your show? And I said, well, say the word. And so we did this. But so, you know, I sort of learned about him, you know, from, from the top down instead of the bottom up. But anyway, we did the show and it was great. And uh, after we had done quite a bit of talk about the origins of SOAP and uh, web services, which he was involved in and, and some other things, he he laid this on us. How about this? I have a question for you guys. Okay. So, Carl, after playing with the band, what song was the most fun to play? For me, it was the uh, takeoff on I Shot the Sheriff, just because I love that beat. I love the, the drums. Um, but in terms of, like, the the funniest song, like the, the one that I get the most kick out of, it was definitely Miguel. Oh, great, great. It was yeah. definitely... Which, which of course, you stepped out from behind the drum kit and played uh, a wonderful guitar. Yeah, I played the guitar on that one. Yeah, and that was really fun. We're going to have to record that so that the people can hear it. But uh, no, just the whole, the whole story of you, you know, <laughs> serenading Miguel Diacaza, you know, with a flower and uh, with those lyrics are just hysterical. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a hoot. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fifty ways to send a message was pretty good too. And Mark, was it? Was it inter- what was it like seeing your your life partner in that different situation? I mean, normally, I know you guys live together and you're raising a family together, but to see him up there as a drummer is that is that a, a big change for you? Well, you know what was great is I've I, for a long time I've known Carl as a great musician, and uh, you know he's very modest about it. Not many people know that. And it was great for me. Well, anyway, I think we edited out Mark's absolute ridiculous reaction, which was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think think the recording got screwed up, so we only had the phone track there or something, which is unfortunate. Oh, man. It's one of those things that, you know, my friends at church go, uh, hey, Mark, I was listening to that show. Uh, Care to comment on that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you always had great stories, you know, every once in a while you'd come up with these stories like the one you told on the last show you were on. But uh, before this recording here, you said you had a story for us. 
Well, it's just a short one. I happen to be in church today, and, uh, you know, a, a typical Baptist church. Uh, we're sitting down getting ready to listen to uh, to the music before the, uh, you know, the pastor begins to deliver a sermon. And uh, I was about to take a drink of coffee, and my wife happened to tip it and, and pour half of it down the front of my shirt. Oh. Uh, so, of course, I stood bolt upright. I, I was thinking people uh, were expecting me to testify as I ran screaming out of the, uh, the auditorium. <laughs> so did you blaspheme? Because that would have been the first thing I would have done. So I, I, was, I was needing Carl to beep out my language there. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, whole, uh, the, the whole homosexual lover thing is a theme with Don. He, uh, he's done that to me a couple of times. Oh, has he? Yeah, there was. In fact, there was one kind of famous time. You can still see it on the reviews for ATL Internals on Amazon, Uh-oh. where um, uh, a couple of my friends who had reviewed um, an early draft before it was published had posted reviews on Amazon as soon as it was up to say, "Oh my God, this is great! I know it's not available yet, but you should really check it out." And Don had done that, and uh, then somebody came on to Amazon and said, "You know, this is these are totally fake reviews, right?" Don is uh, Chris's friend, you know, obviously he's never read the book or whatever, and, you know, they can't be real, right? I mean, the book, this book must suck for, for Chris to be, you know, seeding it with these artificial reviews. And, and Don went back on, he, and he treated the Amazon review system like a message board, right? He was replying to this review, <laughs> and, uh, which I thought was great. And he said, um, you know, uh, it's, it's true that... Um, Chris and I have been lovers for a long time. <laughs> oh. We broke up last month, and Brent has always spurned my advances. So, you know, Brent and I don't have that kind of relationship. And, you know, it's there. It's still there to this day on the on the Amazon review board. Right? Don outing me to the whole world. <laughs> Very nice. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I guess he did, a, as Mark said, he did a, a, a talk on soap somewhere naked in a bathtub. Yeah, I have that picture on my site, actually, yes. Unbelievable. And then there's this song. <laughs> Which Rory wrote for you. I love this tune. With a remix by one of the fans. Right. Yeah. Classic. Very nice. 
And Chris, I don't know if you listen to Mondays, but we don't have the listenership that Dot and Rocks has, obviously. Uh, you know, it's just for fun, and uh, we don't really learn much. <laughs> unlike the rest of the shows, unlike Dot and Rocks. Yeah, unlike Dot and Rocks, especially this one. Um, but, you know, um, I asked my daughter, my two-year-old daughter, what she thought of the people on Mondays, and this is what she had to say. Can I ask you some questions? Yeah. Do you listen to Daddy's show Mondays? Yeah. And what do you think of Mark Miller? Mark is a poopy head. <laughs> and what do you think of Richard Campbell? Richard drinks too much. What do you think of Kirk Webb? Who's Kirk? Yeah, he hasn't been on in a while. You probably haven't. Yeah. I like Karen. Yeah, you like Karen? Yeah. Why? Because she's funny. Yeah. What do you think of stunt musician Spotlight? Boring. <laughs> did you see Daddy on A and E? Yep. And did you see Nick? Yep. What do you think of active Nick? Loser. <laughs> did you see Rory? Yep. What do you think of Rory? Is he gay? No, he just he just looks gay. He's gay. No, he just looks gay. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, kids say the darndest things unprompted, don't they? What do you think of Jeff's hair? Freaking sound guy. <laughs> what do you think of your dad on the show? Stupid. <laughs> Are there any smart people on Mondays? Yeah. Who? Bob Reisman. <laughs> I hope, uh, for her sake, that you fed her the answers to those questions. Otherwise, <laughs> you should have your daughter taken away from you. <laughs> what a great education. <laughs> yeah. Folks, do yourself a favor and check out our friend's Data Dynamics website, datadynamics.com, makers of activereports.net. Simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for uh, Windows Forms and ASP.NET. Very nice stuff. You compile the, uh, the reports right into your application, ship them with your assemblies. Uh, has all the great features you come to expect in a reporting engine. And you can use uh, ActiveX controls right in the reports, too. So, great stuff. Uh, Data Dynamics has been an excellent sponsor of .NET Rocks uh, for a long time. They, uh, you know, they deserve a little bit of uh, your love and attention. So, go check them out at www.datadynamics.com.
Well, anyway, um, as we move into this uh, new era of .NET Rockserization, we would like to hear from you, the, the fans, the people who listen, and uh, send your suggestions uh, for guests and for, for anything, really, to .NET Rocks at franklins.net. That's D-O-T-N-E-T-R-O-C-K-S at franklins.net. We're always interested in what you're doing and what you have to say and your suggestions. And uh, what can I say, man? It has been... A, a wild ride. It's really hard to believe that what started out as something that might be fun, you know, has sort of morphed into podcasting and everything else and, and uh, you know, New York Times articles. And, man, it, it's just really unbelievable. So, so, Carl, now I have to switch into guest host mode, if you don't mind. Sure. So, um, sorry, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it, man. All right. So, um, so when you did that, first show, what did you think would be the result? In your wildest dreams, what did you hope for? I really didn't know, man. I really had no idea what was going to happen. Um, I would have been happy if, you know, uh, we were just getting a thousand listeners a week or, or 400 listeners a week even, which is, you know, the, the first show had only like 300 downloads or something. Um, I really wasn't thinking big. So I really didn't care. I was really more focused on the production and uh, and what we were trying to do, and uh, hoping that uh, people that I'd have enough people interested in it to keep it going. But and I so, had no um, idea. Now, a hundred shows later, what's your average listenership? Well, we think based on um, everybody who downloads and the reports that we have of of people who share internally, that we have at least sixty thousand listeners regularly. Wow. So you went from three hundred to sixty thousand. Wow! Yeah, and when when was that first show? August uh, two thousand two, with Pat Hines. Yep. So just uh, just what two and a half years? Two and a half years. Wow! And so, what do you think? I mean, what has been the impact of .NET Rocks? Uh, it's hard for me to tell up here. I, I guess that's something you guys would have to answer. No, I mean so. Uh, has it meant anything anything interesting or new for you? That oh, are you any kidding opportunities me? Opportunities for you personally, <clears throat> professionally. How has it impacted me? Sexually. Sexually. Uh, it is. It has uh, killed my sex life. Actually, no. Um, what? The, well, yeah, it's you, been you a huge impact. It's been a huge impact for me because, uh, I mean, can you imagine every week getting to have this, having to ask whatever question you want? to the experts in the field of, of these technologies, it's just been an incredible education for me. And uh, I know it's been that way to, to my listeners as well because I'm, I'm kind of thinking that there's a lot of listeners out there who are like me that don't have all of the holes filled in of, of .NET. You know, we have our areas of work that we do, but we're always interested to hear in what everybody else is doing and, you know, what we're missing. I think that... You know, what am I missing is a question that's on everyone's mind, and it's very difficult to get information because there's too much of it. And it's very difficult to find, you know, to focus on on one source of information uh, or, or, you know, all the sources of information that are out there. But but isn't that an amazing problem to have? I mean, it wasn't very long ago before – gosh, before the internet or even years and years after the internet when, you know, information came from, you know, uh, uh, magazines only, right? Or maybe a CompuServe uh, online forum. And now we're just awash in this yeah. stuff. And isn't that a wonderful problem to have? Yeah, it's wonderful, except that, you know, if you try to, you know, if you try to find uh, 
stuff, if you try to learn information, you, you often have a hard time uh, weeding out what you need to know from what you don't need to know. And I think that that's where the difficulty is. But yeah, I agree. I mean, more information is better than no information. So, so I would absolutely say that, um, for example, you, you use the show and the garbage, that garbage collection clip to say, you know, this is the stuff people need to know. And yeah. I know that you do that a lot, right? Where you get the people on the show with the real answer or what you think is a real answer, right? right? Sure. Um, and you say, Hey, what is the real answer? What can we tell people for real? And I know that just listening to people talk, you can, it, it's so much different from writing, right? In the writing, people come across as in, uh, confident and important because that, that's what editors do to people, right? right? Yeah. But in the live show forum, you can hear their voice, right. whether they really know what they're talking about, whether they are speaking at least what something that they think is the truth right. with some authority. And that is amazing. It is really right? cool. That's an amazing thing that the show provides that you just can't get from any other forum. That's a, that's a very astute observation, man. Yeah, you know, it's also interesting when we first started doing this that uh, we, we never, I guess, anticipated that uh, folks would burn these to CDs and listen during their drive time and, uh, you know, got a huge amount of email, email back from folks yeah, uh, that right. were doing that. Well, actually, Mark, you know, <clears throat> when I moved from um, Montreal to New York, I was driving from Toronto, don't ask, long story, but I actually burned a bunch of CDs and listen to it in my car, and I listen to eight hours straight of .NET Rocks driving to New York. And so that's uh, car sick? radio that'll rot your mind. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first of all, I learned a lot. It was very entertaining because there's only so much music you can listen to. Yeah. And after a while, you need company. Otherwise, it gets boring. And I felt like I was not alone like the whole duration of the trip. Yeah, that's that's you know, the other angle on this that's that's still in the future really is that uh, suddenly we're beautifully positioned to take podcasting where I think it can ultimately go as a primary distribution medium for knowledge. Yeah. What do you think about that, Chris? I mean, you know, there's bloggers everywhere who are poo-pooing podcasting because, frankly, they can't listen to that much stuff, whereas they can read through tons and tons and tons of material. Um, what do you think about that? So it's interesting. Um, I have recently been having um, a love affair with my phone. Uh, and I see, I mean, that must be the, messy. The <laughs> half a gigabyte. Yes. He well, has a condom. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm outing myself <laughs> again. Yes. Damn um, radio. And you know, with a, with a $60 upgrade, I have, uh, I think I did the calculate 300 minutes of stuff, just audio that I could put on my phone. Wow. And I, I bought a $3 part the other day and I can plug it into my car. Wow. And this thing is like, um, it's like a phone and an iPod and a PDA all rolled into one thing. And I love it because, you know, it just lets me grab the media that I want. And I, I agree uh, with uh, the sentiment that there's only so much music you can listen to. I, I listen to a lot of audio when I'm out and about. And yes, there's a lot of media to consume, but there's a lot of times when you can listen to something, but you can't read it. Yeah. And I know that because, you know... Uh, the cops frown on when you're, you know, you're actually reading while you're driving. <laughs> I've heard. I've, yeah. I've never experienced this myself, but yeah. still, I've heard. And, but, but you can listen, right? You can plug it into the stereo. You can, you know, listen while you're standing in line at the airport, whatever, right? I mean, th that, that, and so to have something intelligent to listen to as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, just nothing right. or just music, right. uh, I think it's fabulous. Now, if we could come up with, some kind of, and maybe I just don't know how to set up the software, right? But I would love to podcast 
media that I could trust directly to my cell phone. Yeah. So if you guys solve that problem, I will, uh, I will be telling the world, well, that little tiny piece of the world that goes to my website. I think your cell phone needs a USB interface, and then it's doable with the stuff we have now. My cell phone definitely has a USB interface. So does it become a hard drive? Yeah, how do you put media on it? So uh, I can put media the, – the, mostly I put media on it when I uh, connect via the USB, and I have like a little file explorer that I can just drop files. Okay. Uh, MP3, WMA, whatever. I think it's a last mile issue for you. Does it show up as a drive, or do you have to use a proprietary file explorer? I do have to use a proprietary fire file explorer. Uh, does that let you sync a directory? Hmm. Not that I've seen. If it does, then that solves your problem because you just tell your you know your podcast client to go to whatever directory and tell the right. file explorer. You know, to though, do there's that. the tools just aren't there yet. I mean, what happens if you're podcasting a 500 megabyte file? Like the, the podcaster decides to throw a movie on there or something. You know. Well, that's why it's going to be content he trusts. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But, uh, you know, there, there are all sorts of little issues, I think, to, to fix on the client well, side. Well, and ultimately, you don't even want to have to plug the thing in. You want it to show up on your phone while you're out and about. Right. Well, yeah, see, that's the thing. I mean, I have unlimited internet access via GPRS, and it is slow. But the nice thing about it being unlimited like that is that I have my contacts and my, and my appointments and my emails synchronized for me automatically without ever plugging it in. What you really speed. need so, is a podcast client that runs on the phone itself. And I think I think yeah. we're going to see that. I, I think we're going to see it built into Windows. I think we're going to see it built into devices. I think that I'd love to see a, it in iTunes, you know. I think that this has yeah, legs. I mean, this MPX220 I've got runs Java. I could be running a Java podcasting client loading it in that Or, or .NET, right? I mean, that one... Sure. That, 220 yeah, of course, it's a mobile too. 2003 phone, so of course we could write a version, uh, a .NET application that could do the same thing. Hmm. Yep. And there's a couple of uh, .NET clients out there right now, like Nimic and Doppler. Probably wouldn't be too much effort to port them over to uh, to the Compact framework. Before we get off the topic, um, um, one, <laughs> topic? One other, yeah, one other issue is that I want to know how Chris feels about is BitTorrent. Because my, um, my personal belief is that something like BitTorrent has to be in the podcasting picture, otherwise it won't scale. And the problem with BitTorrent, of course, is that a lot of corporations block it because it's typically used for nefarious purposes. And so it has this bad name associated with uh, you know, ripping off content. But yet, technology-wise, it's exactly what we need for podcasting. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Chris? So I am a huge fan of BitTorrent um, because, uh, well, just it, as an example... Uh, I was turned on to Lost by a friend, that TV series, right? Yeah. And, but we, you know, it was 12 episodes into it before we'd ever heard about it. So in that case, my, my PVR, my Media Center Edition PC wasn't helpful because they weren't broadcasting those shows anymore, right? right? I can't just say, give me this whole season that I missed, yeah. right? Because it was too late. Yeah. But with BitTorrent, I could go and find them. And even, and then, you know, once I had the files, I could load them into my MCE box and I could watch them like TV, well, with my wife, and it was it was a wonderful experience. I'm a, and I'm a huge fan of BitTorrent because of its enabling capabilities. Right, right? it's robust. You can download these big files. Yep. You, it's peer to peer built in, and um, unlike most peer to peer networks where you can just kind of leech off of things and never contribute, it's got this fairness built in where you get the bandwidth download. Right. Um, based on how much you do upload, I think it's a fabulous believe it or not technology for these big files. There is a, there is a problem with BitTorrent. There are some clients out there that are cheating. They're breaking the BitTorrent protocol and are saying that they upload more data 
than they have uploaded. And as of yet, there is no uh, way without changing the BitTorrent protocol to prevent that from happening. Um, so what people have been manually doing is these these hacked clients are based on some specific versions of other clients. And they haven't had their version numbers changed. So people are manually banning them. Um, but it's it was a little bit of a problem in the BitTorrent world. But the thing is, e- even in our case, it doesn't, you know, as long as most people are being legitimate, you know, we, we, we distribute our media with BitTorrent, you know, here so that we can take some load off of our servers, take, you know, especially since we're going through the bandwidth crunch right now as we change providers. Um, and it's great. And even if some people are cheating, at least they're still spreading the, uh, you know, spreading the yeah. load around. Uh, you know, it's also the norm of, of technology that you get an awful lot of stuff that comes from the black hats and then eventually finds white hat uses. It's not surprising at all to me that the first uses of BitTorrent were inappropriate, but now we're finding out, hey, it's a pretty good protocol for some legitimate purposes. Yeah, I, uh, you know, whenever I download CD images of Linux distributions and stuff like that, which is, you know, completely legal unless you want to get into the, you know, the, uh, well, SCO versus, you know, IBM stuff, um, you know, and that's great because a lot of these Linux distros are hacked together by people who <clears throat> don't have jobs and uh, can't afford big bandwidth, <laughs> you know, setups. And so they start sharing the stuff with BitTorrent and it works. It actually works. You know, by the way, the boys in the chat room have found us two, count them, two mobile 2003 um Podcast. Wow. wow. Cool. I shrinksterized them both. Shrinkster 3S4 and 3S5. Is that S as in S Sam? Sierra. Sierra, okay. You're all over that scene, Richard. Well, you know. That was amazing. You can't make links. What can you do? Getting back to .NET Rocks, I got a question for you, Carl. And um, Mark, you're going to remember this as well. I want to know, of the 100 shows you have done so far, well, 99, not including this one, uh, was there ever a show, because I'm going to share a bit of a, of a secret with the fans here, um, I know Carl loves the, the behind-the-scenes. Show number 12, which was essentially, essentially the show where I was featured, um, what the fans don't know is that we actually recorded that show twice. Because right after the, th- right after the thing was recorded, um, the guys tell me over IM that the hard drive was kind of fried and the whole machine like collapsed and they lost the whole stream. This was, I think, before I came on. Yeah, that was, before, that was you. before your time, Jeff. And before yeah, you nice can, save, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. Before you can actually <laughs> spill stuff over a console, <laughs> you know? So I don't know where this question is going, but it's beginning to sound like one of those fan questions you get um, at a Star Trek episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So an episode 12, yeah, 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 yeah. I noticed that there was some discrepancies between the original <laughs> recording and the next recording. And can you explain that for me, please? No, but Chris, Chris, you have to understand... We actually had to re-record the show a second time to get Huckabee on the line a second time and to, to tell the same jokes over again, yeah. you know, and make it sound <laughs> genuinely funny as if it was the first time we were hearing right. this. So the show that is actually posted on the site right now, show number 12, is actually a remake yeah. because the, the first one was completely lost. So, Carl, has it ever happened on any other show? I don't think it has happened, Jeff. You can back me up on this, but I don't mm. think it has happened to that severity where we lost the whole thing. We had to do the whole thing again. There but- have been some chunks where we've had to cre- creatively edit things. Actually, there's a fair amount of creative editing that goes into .NET Rocks. Not so much these days now that you guys have, uh, are screwing up less. <laughs> but uh- <laughs> but there have been like dropped phone tracks. There have been yeah. times that like Mark Mark will remember this that uh, where you know halfway. During the recording of the show, his recording stopped, 
and we didn't notice right. it, and so yeah. we had to use the phone track for the rest of it. You know, I think there was one thing where you had to re-record a segment with Mark. I don't remember the details, but I recall you guys having to redo like the intro to a section or something like that. Right. I think we had to redo the ending of one yeah. because my file stopped recording. But I don't think there have been any as severe as yours. There Nick, almost so. was. Yeah. We almost lost oh, one. And someone mentioned the pub show on IRC. Uh, you know, that, that one had to be edited the day after it was put up. That's right. You remember yes, that? Yes, I do. Um, we, we listened to, you know, we edited it and it was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then we listened to it and we're like, man, you know what? This is very not politically correct for us to be saying some of these things. So, Well, yeah, we were starting to get hate mail from it, uh, you know, shortly after it was, uh, it was aired. Right, yeah. Yeah, Carl and Mark get wasted. And what was kind of sad also is that we had Sunny Day on the first version of the show, and he had some amazingly funny bits that were lost forever because we could never actually get Sunny Day back for the second recording. So I guess it's just uh, right. Carl, Mark, and myself that will uh, remember those. Oh, well. So no show would be complete <clears throat> without talking about some of the toys that Richard the Toy Boy has found and contributed to this. Ever since your first show on water cooling, which became the, uh, the movie – um, which I we was just showing to Nick for the first time today, uh, yesterday, and he was loving it. Uh, and he's actually in it, too. But um, of all of them, I think this one stands out in particular as being hilarious. Absolutely. I think that's a perfect gift. But I'm okay. going to give out the uh, what you the pro, what you got to do to get the prize. But before we do that... Here we go. <laughs> we need to talk about another toy. All right. What is the uh, horrible and toy of the week here? This is a toy that, well, I don't know. Well, y you know the nice thing about it? The URL says it all. Okay. And it really makes sense when you're going to be looking at a device like this LG drive. You got to look at one of these and consider how badly you need it. Are you ready? Go ahead. www.dvdrewinder.com. <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. Oh, yes. You can buy a DVD rewinder. In fact, they're sold out of DVD rewinders. They're all gone. You've got to wait to get a DVD rewinder. Uh, uh, I don't know why I don't find these in more video stores. Classic. Because I hate rewinding my DVDs. It just takes so much time. I pay a fee. Awesome. How much do they sell for? They're 30 bucks. 30 Yay. Bucks. Yeah, it's 100 bucks for the drive, 30 bucks to rewind the discs. That is awesome. But you get it, you'll get a discount if you buy them in bulk. Oh, I could get one for my mother. She look, yep. she'd be she'd be calling me up for tech support. Did she always forget to rewind her DVDs? You know there was a wireless network cable for sale on eBay. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Richard, that's great. It's it's bad enough that somebody made these, yeah. but a whole bunch of people bought them. That's what disturbs me. Mm. Well, that that was classic. Oh, yeah. Still for sale, too. Price has gone down. I guess they're making money on them. No, oh, the site's been redesigned. Oh, my God. Well, what I love is the when you go to the, to the homepage, it says, Welcome, never pay another DVD rewind fee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hate it when I pay that. And they put a good rewind sound into the device when you put the button. It really does spin the disc. Didn't somebody ask, because that, that drive we were talking about was the dual air drive. They said, well, it rewind dual air too. too. And oh. I said, well, you got to press the button twice, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> now, can I use this for my CDs, too? Because I, 
I switched from audio tape to, to CDs. Yeah, there's a spindle attachment to switch it over to CD. Awesome. <laughs> 45 RPM DVDs and 33 and a third RPM DVDs. RPM, yeah, CDs. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, guys, I want to thank you very much for, uh, for bearing with me on this uh, show. For be- we put up with you for 99 other shows, Carl. One more is not going to kill yeah, us. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> I am truly honored to be in your presence and all of the other guests that have been on my show. And uh, I'd like to thank the fans, especially, for being so great and so gracious. And, uh, and you know, it's just been awesome. So I'm looking forward to another 100 shows starting next week with Richard Campbell being the co-host and hey. Mark Miller being the guest talking about oop best practices and all the great stuff that he's going to talk about so rory man i am so sorry you have to be leaving us but you know it was great 50 shows while it lasted come back and talk to us again nick jeff richard chris mark thank you guys congratulations